another example of everyday faith. Um, John, what a guy, what a legend. Some of you probably know him, some of you probably don't, but you know him a little bit better now. How's it going, Undone? It's pretty good. Wow, you're a good-looking bunch, aren't you? Turn to the person next to you, give them a fist pump or an elbow tap and say, you're a good-looking person. And if you're a single guy here tonight, I want you to put your hand up. If you're a single guy, put your hand up. Okay, now all the girls, take a look. All right? There's a, well, there's a couple of really good-looking guys up the front with their long hair. Well done. Well, this is... Long hair's fine, isn't it? Yeah, we like that. They're good-looking. Oh, especially Zach. He's good-looking. Um, he was up here on the drums before. Yep, so he's very eligible. Um, but yes, go through me. See me after if you're interested and we can hook some up. Uh, so this is the last week in our series, Daily Faith. And I hope that you've been journeying with us and been encouraged by all the speakers and the stories of faith through the Bible. And I mean, where would we be without faith? I know I certainly wouldn't be here right now. Um, I would hate to imagine. Um, But a little bit about me, I understand the importance of branding. Uh, I have a great team that we create stories and we help other businesses grow. And so we're doing branding all the time. We're thinking of ideas to help people um, buy products, buy services, engage with audiences. And so I thought, I understand the importance of branding a message I might not be very good at it, but I I know the importance of it. And I know looking out at all of you, there are a lot of different ages here. So I've come up with a few different titles of this message. If you are taking notes or if you're able to take notes, um, here are the title of the message. So if you're zero to seven, this message is called, Are We There Yet? So you can write that down in your little notebook. Um, I I recently went on a bushwalk with my best mate, Tim, and his son, so Judah and Henry, they're six and five, and we went to Lee's Paddocks, and uh, yeah, every couple of minutes, are we there yet? They were so excited to get to where we were going, they just wanted to know all the time, are we there yet? So they might ask, if, if you're a parent and you have a zero to seven, they might ask you, are we there yet? And you can just let them know, just a little bit longer. Uh, we a little bit longer. 8 to 15, it's uh, TikTok. I don't know why, um, but yeah, you can write that down or just don't open the app right now because, yeah, it's to be distracting. Uh, for 16 to 35s, it's Faith the Facts. Um, just a little bit of a pun, um, but it's good to understand sometimes in our lives we just have to faith the facts. And uh, hopefully that makes sense as we go on. For the 35 pluses, have we got some 35 pluses? Yes. I'm not quite in that category, but next year I turn 35, so I'll be in there. So this is probably for me next year. Um, It's called Daily Faith, Pleasing God Every Day. So it's a little bit more sanitised, a little bit more palatable. Um, It's the title of my unpublished, unwritten book, Um, So you can't purchase that after, but maybe next year you can, because I'll be 35. Um, So it focuses on Daniel chapter 2, and I'll give you a quick summary of chapter 1 before we dive into chapter 2. 
So to setting the scene, King Nebuchadnezzar lays siege to Jerusalem and he defeats Judah. Sorry, pal. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Um, in his first year as king. That's a pretty good effort in his first year. Um, we have to understand that God allowed him to defeat uh, Jerusalem in this battle. They take all the good-looking and intelligent Israelites and teach them the language of the Babylonians. Um, and they put them through a three-year kind of degree, teaching them the language. Anyone just enrolled in uni? Anyone going to uni? Yes, kind of like that. Three years learning the language of the Babylonians. Um, so the goal was that they would enter the king's service after this three-year degree. So Daniel and his friends eat veggies for 10 days and look even better than the others. So they're already really good looking, but after they eat lots of veggies, they're even better looking. Go figure. Chapter 2, um, a bit over a year later, King Neb, he has some dreams and now he can't sleep. So he's a bit anxious to find out the meaning, so he puts out the word to all of the magicians and the charlatans and all the people that think they're the stuff, and he says, come and tell me my dream. So that's kind of where we're going to pick up the story. Um, but first off, Romans ten seventeen says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That is so powerful because quite often we can think, oh, how am I sort of getting this faith? How am I understanding this? How am I receiving this? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So tonight we're going to hear the word of God and my prayer is that it would seep deeply into your heart, that it would disturb you in some areas, that it would challenge you, that you'd be left with some questions and that it would stir your faith. So we pick it up here, verse 3 to 5, Daniel chapter 2 in the NET version. It says, the king told them, I have had a dream. It wasn't Lucifer, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't that guy that says, I have a dream. Um, Martin Luther King. <laughs> it wasn't him. He probably stole it from King Neb. I don't know, nothing's original, is it? So he's like, I had a dream, um, but he was anxious about this to understand the dream. The wise men replied to the king, Um, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will disclose its interpretation. So they were trying to like buy themselves some time. And the king replied to the wise men, my decision is firm. If you do not inform me of both the dream and its interpretation, you'll be dismembered and your homes reduced to rubble. So he was, you know, just a light little thing, going to be dismembered and your homes are going to be rubble. Uh, Anyone had that kind of threat before? No, oh, maybe one hand up the back, scratch or something. I haven't, but that's pretty serious. So the king is pretty anxious. I know sometimes when I get anxious, I can be a little bit irritable, but I've never told someone, if you don't do this, I'm going to dismember you and burn your house down. Um, So a bit of a challenge out there um, for these guys. We skip through. Um, the wise men, verse 10, 11, the wise men replied to the king, there is no man on earth who is able to disclose the king's secrets. For no king, regardless of his position and power, has ever requested such a thing from any magician, astrologer or wise man. What the king is asking is too difficult and no one exists who can disclose it to the king except for the gods. But they don't live among us, so they're kind of in a bit of trouble. And uh, it seems like an impossible situation. So all the magicians are like, it's not going to happen. This is impossible. 
Have you ever been in an impossible situation? I reckon you probably have. I uh, recently got a four-wheel drive, Ugh. so I feel like a little bit more manly. Um, the previous 18 months, I was driving around in my parents' Mercedes A160, so it's like the opposite of manly. It's like, no offence to the over 50, 60s here, my parents are like over 60. It's like an over 60s retire kind of car that you think that it's a good one, but it's absolutely not a good one. Um, so <clears throat> to give you an example of how bad this car is, and my parents are probably listening, I love my parents, and thank you so much for lending this car <laughs> to me for the last 18 months. It was amazing and a blessing, um, but it still doesn't change the fact that it's a pretty rubbish car. Um, so the previous car to that I had was even more rubbish than this one. And anyway, so the previous car, I'll just tell a quick story, I digress a little bit, was a Subaru. I bought it for $200. The guy didn't really know what was wrong with it. It was just like the front uh, drive shaft that was not working. So you take that out and it's a two-wheel drive. So I drive that around for a little while. And then Mad Wheels had like an extra one for me. So they, we put that in. And so I'm driving around this $200 car. But after about six to 12 months, the radiator started leaking and I didn't want to pay for a new radiator. Um, so I just kept like a lot of litres of water in, in the boot of my car. So I drive my son to school, which is probably about five or six k's, and the temperature gauge would be like going up and up and up and up. And then I would get him to school, some water for my car. Um, I'd get him to school and I'd take him to school with all smiles and I'd drop him off and then I'd pop the bonnet and there'd be steam everywhere and before I left I'd fill up the radiator again with water in my car and I'd drive to work. Now I did that for a good four or five months before my parents bought this car. So they live on King Island. They bought this car for the three weeks of the year that they're in Launceston and um, they just told me, oh, we've got a car. We're just going to park it somewhere. I was like, I'll use it. So I sold my Subaru to a guy in Mayf Mayfair, Mayfield. Mayfield for $300 and he was really happy because he, he got a bargain of a deal. But anyway, I was, dri and then I was driving, anyway, it's an impossible situation. I was driving this old, old person's car. And so instead of going to school and filling up the car with water, I was now at school after dropping my son off, I'd get in the car and pretty much most of the time the car wouldn't start. So when you start it, you think it's a starter motor, but it wasn't you'd turn the key and there would be like a really horrible like starter motor grinding sound. And so that would do that three or four times before the car would start. And everyone's looking at me and it's quite embarrassing. Um, so sometimes when it's five or six times without starting the car, it seemed like an impossible situation. I'm never going to get to work. I'm never going to get my son there. Um, it's just an impossible situation. So uh, I wonder if, if you've ever been in an impossible situation that's made you feel stressed or worried. Um, Hebrews 11.6, this is a really key verse for tonight. I want you to understand it and let it sink into your heart. It says, now without faith, it is impossible to please him, which is God. It's impossible to please God without faith. For the one who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So it's impossible to please God without faith. That's an impossibility. These charlatans, these magicians thought it was impossible to tell the interpretation of the dream to the king. 
What the king is asking is too difficult. It's impossible. The task at hand is too difficult. I'm feeling anxiety because I'm going to be dismembered and my home's going to be burnt. But that's not the case for us. Because we have someone that did the impossible. I believe in Jesus and what he did was impossible so that we could go here to this verse and say, with God, all things are possible. But in saying that, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so I want to live my life pleasing God. I don't know about you. I don't know why you're here tonight or what you do in your everyday regular life, but I want to try my best to please God in everyday regular. And it's impossible to do that without faith. So 8 to 15, TikTok. I don't know why that's there. Faith in yourself leads to death. This is for the 8 to 15-year-olds. Faith in yourself leads to death. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. But faith in Jesus leads to life. The world will tell you to believe in yourself. There are so many cat posters out there of this cat saying, believe in yourself. Ah, no, 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 no. It's not just the cat that's the problem, it's the message underneath the cat saying, believe in yourself. The cat is an issue, but why would you put your faith in someone that's wicked and deceitful, corrupt? Why would you put your faith in yourself? Don't lose out and believe in yourself. Don't believe the cat and its lies. You need to believe in Jesus. Because he believes in you more than you believe in yourself anyway. So that's such a win. Believe in someone that believes in you more than you do. Why wouldn't you do that? It's like doubling up. To understand here, 8 to 15 year olds, that faith is a gift from God. It's a gift. Something that God gives you. Philippians 2.13 says this, for the one bringing forth in you both the desire and the effort for the sake of his good pleasure is God. So God gives you the will and the desire to please him. Faith. He gives you faith so that you can please him. God is giving you that gift. The question is, what are you doing with that gift? How are you using that gift in your everyday life? There's no point having an amazing gift if it's never opened, if it's never used for its intended purpose. What are you doing with the gift that God has given you? Faith. Faith acknowledges God is in control. Faith says yes when fear says no. Faith says no when shame says yes. You can choose to believe what God says about you. That's faith. Or you can choose to believe what the world says about you. Tick-tock. Faith brings peace. Luke 7.14 says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. Among people with whom God is pleased. God is pleased. How? It's impossible to please him without faith, so God is pleased when we live out our daily in faith. Back to Daniel 2, verse 13 to 18. 
This is after he's like, I'm going to dismember everyone. Um, so a decree went out and the wise men were about to be executed, dismembered, houses burned. They also sought Daniel and his friends so that they could be executed. Then Daniel spoke with prudent counsel. Zero to sevens, are we there yet? Do you guys know what prudent means? Nope. Eight to fifteens, TikTok. Do you know what prudent means? Maybe 16 to 35s, prudent? Anything? Nope. Okay, well, it, it's kind of like wisdom, prudent. It's not being a prude. Uh, that's a bit different. Um, prudence is wisdom. So we spoke to this guy with wisdom. Wisdom comes when we ask God. So James 1, 5, 6 says this, but if anyone is deficient in wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without reprimand, and it will be given to him, but he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed around by the wind. Wisdom is incredible. It's described in the Bible as like the most precious thing you could go after. And I believe that wisdom is available for us if we come to God and ask him for it. Says when we go to God and ask him for wisdom, he gives it to us generously when we ask in faith. So Daniel is talking to this guy with some prudence and he's sort of using his wisdom here. And um, so after the decree's gone out, he's speaking with Arioch and he inquired of Arioch, the king's deputy, why is the decree from the king so urgent? I would have said so crazy, um, but he said so urgent because he's speaking with wisdom. So he toned it down a bit. Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested the king grant him some time that he might disclose the interpretation to the king, the thing that was impossible. So Daniel's just gone and said, yeah, give me some time so I can help do the impossible. He asked, um, then Daniel went to his home and informed his friends Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah of the matter. He asked them to pray for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends would not be destroyed along with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Notice that Daniel went home to his friends. He gathered his trusted friends and he began to pray for mercy. He didn't want to be dismembered. He didn't want his friends to be dismembered, all the people in Babylon. 16 to 35s, face the facts. You still here, 16 to 35s? We've got a few young adults. Faith isn't believing in your own abilities. It's believing in God's. You see, Moses and his sea-splitting ability. No. Abraham and his ability in the bedroom. Nope. Peter and his water-walking skills. Nope. Daniel did not believe in his ability to interpret dreams. See, belief in your own ability is confidence. And, you know, confidence is good. It's good to be confident. But that's belief in your own ability. Belief in God's ability is faith. You can be overconfident and place too much belief in your own ability, but you can never place too much confidence in God's ability. Verse 19 to 24, Daniel had to face the facts. 
Then, in a night vision, the mystery was revealed to Daniel. See, Daniel wasn't going to bed. He was not sleeping. He was praying for mercy. But then in the night, the vision, the mystery was revealed to Daniel. Daniel's response in verse 19 to 24. So Daniel praised the God of heaven, saying, Let the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes times and seasons, deposing some kings and establishing others. He gives wisdom to the wise. He imparts knowledge to those with understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows, he knows what is in the darkness and the light resides with him. O God of my fathers, I acknowledge and glorify you for you have bestowed wisdom and power on me. Now you have enabled me to understand what I requested from you for you have enabled me to understand the king's dilemma. 35 pluses, are you here? Daily faith, pleasing God every day. The importance of praise every day cannot be understated. Thank God every day. Look around you as the old maybe hymn or something says, count your blessings one by one. I don't know it. I've just heard it before. I'm not 35 plus yet. Daniel asked God in faith. This is the thing. Daniel didn't run to his friends scared. He ran to his friends and asked God in faith. He's like, join me, ask for mercy from God. In Daniel's praise to God, we see that it's not the size of your faith, it's the object of your faith. It's not the size of your faith, it's the object. This is something that Jesus taught his disciples as well when Jesus was like, faith the size of a mustard seed. It's not the size of your faith, it's the object of your faith that matters. Like Daniel, we would do well to remember where our help comes from. Daniel could have been defensive when that message came or tried to run away. But I'm the wisest man. I'm the best looking dude. I ate veggies for 10 days or more, probably more. He wasn't like that because the seeds of faith grow best in a forgiving and a humble heart. He was a man of great faith. We see in Daniel's soft heart, was the best soil for faith. And my question to you over 35s is, how soft is your heart? Because when you get, when you do some life, when you journey with people, when you journey with God, life happens. And sometimes the heart can harden. Bitterness can slip in. All sorts of doubts and fears can slip in because things didn't turn out the way you thought they might. How is the softness of your heart? How soft is your heart? Verse 24 to 28, the band can come up now, if they like. Then Daniel went in to see Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He came and said to him, Don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. Escort me to the king, and I will disclose the interpretation to him. So Arioch quickly ushered Daniel into the king's presence, saying to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah, he's good looking, who can make known the interpretation to the king. The king asked Daniel, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I saw as well as its interpretation? Daniel replied to the king, 
The mystery that the king is asking about is such that no wise men, astrologers, magicians or diviners can possibly disclose it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the times to come. The dream and the visions you have while lying on your bed are as follows. You see here, Arioch shows that he has faith in Daniel's ability. He's like, I've found a man who can make known the interpretation. Daniel hadn't told him the interpretation yet. Daniel shows that he has faith in God. See, the mystery that the king is asking about is such that no wise men, astrologers, magicians or diviners can possibly disclose it to the king. It's an impossible situation. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. It's impossible to please God without faith. And aren't you thankful that there is a God in heaven that reveals mysteries if you would come to him and ask him? Verse 26 to 49, Then King Neb bowed down with his face to the ground and paid homage to Daniel. He gave orders to offer sacrifices and incense to him. The king replied to Daniel, Certainly your God is a God of gods and Lord of kings and revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king elevated Daniel to high position and bestowed on him many marvellous gifts. He granted him authority over the entire province of Babylon and made him the main prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the administration of the province of Babylon. Daniel himself served in the king's court. You see, the faith of Daniel, Daniel probably first off thought, I'm going to seek God for mercy for myself and my friends. He's daily, he's regular. But what actually happened is it saved hundreds and hundreds of people that were around him. He was able to influence a king and then the king bowed down. And later on in Daniel, all of Babylon was said that, God is the one and only God that you need to worship. So pretty much this act of faith enabled all of Babylon the opportunity to praise and worship God. You see, it requires faith to ask for wisdom. It requires faith to ask for forgiveness. It requires faith to please God. I had a picture this afternoon as I was praying and it was a picture of, I guess, a soldier and he was kind of worn out and weary on the side, not fighting. But around him was everything he needed to be able to get back up and fight. And the picture that I had was of this shield. And Ephesians 6 describes the shield of a shield of faith. 
It's kind of in the left hand. I want you guys to grab your shields for me in your left. You're kind of defending yourself. I want you to do this action. You might feel stupid. I'm doing it. It's your shield. It's not Captain America's shield. It's like this big old battle-worn shield. And what it does is it's a shield of protection, of peace. You see, when you pick up that shield of faith, yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, everything might not be easy, but it reminds you that God is fighting for you. He's protecting you. He's giving you a gift of faith so you can please him when the tough times come. You can please him. You can pick that shield up and know that he is God and he is for you. Would you bow your heads and pray with me here tonight? Father, I thank you so much for Daniel and his example, even when he was threatened to be dismembered. I thank you that he ran to you and sought you for mercy in his time of trouble when the impossible came his way. God, I pray that each and every one of us would be reminded to run to you when the impossible comes our way, when it all becomes too much. Maybe you're here tonight for the first time and you've never run to God. I pray tonight that he would be impressing on you that through hearing his word, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. He's inviting you in and saying, here's a shield of faith that will give you peace, that will give you rest, that will give you everlasting life. All you need to do is come to me, turn from your wicked ways, stop believing in yourself and start believing in me. I pray that for you tonight you would be challenged and encouraged to come to God and give him your life, your heart, in faith. For those that feel like they are sitting on the side, maybe your heart's been hurt, you're feeling disappointed, you're feeling bitter, and it's all a little bit too hard. My prayer to you tonight is that you would once again Pick up that shield of faith and ask God in faith to help you. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for mercy. And when you ask in faith, he will come. He will refresh your soul. He will refresh your heart. And he will lead you on the path to everlasting life. Father, I pray for each and every one here tonight, 0 to 7, 8 to 15, 16 to 35, 35 plus. I pray tonight that we would hear and know your voice and we would each step forward daily in faith and we would say, I want to please you each and every day. Rather than being in trouble or in fear or in sin, we would choose to be in Christ. Father, we thank you that you're merciful. 
You're quick to forgive and you're slow to be angry. We lay this down at your feet and like Daniel, praise you for being so good. We praise you for being so merciful. We praise you for the faith that you give each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.